More attention is being given these days to the threats presented by the global supply chain. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Steve Durbin, Global Vice President of the Information Security Forum, to discuss those threats and what organizations can do about them. Welcome back, Steve. Hi, Eric. Good to be here. First off, define the global supply chain and why it can pose threats to individual organizations. Yeah, very good question to start with. I struggle hard to find any organization today anywhere in the world that isn't connected in a cyber way with another enterprise. And this really, for me, is the foundation of the global supply chain. So we can get into the way in which Apple, for instance, might design in California, make in China and sell in Europe. You know, that for me is a very large based uh, supply chain. But the issues to do with the sharing of information with other organizations, with third parties, for a whole variety of different reasons, uh, really hit at the, at the heart of it. And, and as we're seeing, this is giving rise to discussions around privacy, around personally identifiable information, over and above what we might normally have uh, perhaps associated with supply chain and, and the sharing of perhaps of designs and, and manufacturing based information. It's an area that has taken off this year, I think in particular, and where I know a number of organizations are, are really fighting hard to, to get to grips with some of the implications not within their own organizations, but with these others that they are doing business with. As information moves from one organization to another to another, there's a supply chain there. Also, we hear about the supply chain in, in relationship uh, about a year or so ago with a lot of news around uh, the potential of Chinese manufacturers of uh, computer and telecommunications components perhaps making their products and in such a way that the Chinese government could spy on Western businesses. That's another aspect of the supply chain, right? The, the integrity of, of how your product has been made is is of real concern. And it doesn't actually matter, you know, Eric, whether we're talking about hardware or software. If you outsource the manufacture of anything, and let's stick with software for a moment, how do you know that some of the applications developers perhaps haven't put in back doors? How can you test for that? Well, the, the answer is, of course, you can, but then you're going to lose all of the cost benefits of, uh, of actually outsourcing in the first place or of partnering. So because you're going to have to go through every little line item of code. Maybe even be easier with some of the uh, hardware manufacturing that goes on than perhaps some of the software. That is exactly the issue. You know, you are handing over to a third party for them to manufacture. How do you know that what you get back is only what you asked for? I want to get to that point in a moment, but you, you're talking to people around the world about this problem. What are some of the anxieties you're hearing from different CISOs and different organizations? Uh, well, I have to say that a, a lot of the attention, is, and you won't be surprised to hear this, a lot of the attention has switched from China to the United States of late. <laughs> and we've had a, a lot of debate, a lot of discussion. And I know that there are some, uh, some CISOs out there who are really struggling with some of their projects to get them off the ground, coming off the back of the, uh, of the NSA revolutions, which, which continue to come out from Snowden. Because there is this reluctance and, and reticence, I think, to embark on, uh, on these things uh, until we've actually reached a conclusion whenever that might be. That overall sort of concern, I suppose, around the integrity of the information, who's listening, who's doing what with it, how can I control it, what am I liable for? I mean, this is another issue that, uh, that CISOs are really concerned about at the moment. And the impact on the brand, Eric, you know, I've been really surprised by some very, very large organizations that I've been talking to recently that have said, you know, Steve, we're not that worried about the breach. We're not that worried about loss of data. What really could hurt us is how that is going to impact our brand, is that it destroys the trust that exists between the CISO and his enterprise, 
between the enterprise and the customer, between the, uh, the enterprise and business partners. And that's moving it up the agenda fairly and squarely onto the plate of the risk officer and the chief financial officer, because of course that in turn is going to impact stock price. So those are the sorts of concerns that we're now beginning to see, moving a long, long way, in fact, from just the, the issue of the security breach or the, uh, or the downtime, where I think we were beginning to focus for a number of months back into, so what does that really mean for my business now? You're speaking from Singapore today, and you're talking to a lot of people, obviously, in Asia about the situation. And as you suggested, there's concerns about what the NSA is doing. Are you hearing from uh, some of the CISOs there and some of the people there that they're reluctant to maybe have contracts with American companies to, say, say for example, using cloud storage? I'm not actually seeing that at the moment. What I am seeing is a lot of discussion and a lot of debate. I'm seeing very much more focusing on the contract, on exactly what is it that if I contract with a US-based service provider, just what may they have to do, what information of mine might they have to turn over to federal authorities, for instance. It's that kind of discussion that's taking place at the moment. I've not seen any evidence of contract cancellation or anything like that. You know, I have to say that the cloud providers, the US-based service providers themselves are as concerned about all of this, in my experience, as, as the CISOs, because this is not good for anybody. Earlier, you, you suggested it, it, it's, it would be too expensive to sort of vet all the products that people have. And it would take away the advantage of, of either outsourcing or, or buying a third-party product. So what are organizations to do to protect themselves from these vulnerabilities that are faced within the supply chain? I think it comes back to getting things right from the beginning. It's about communication and collaboration before the contract is let. It's about really having these frank and open discussions about what is expected, about how you anticipate your data, your information, your designs to be held, to be secured across the supply chain. It's about involving your legal guys. It's about involving your procurement folks. It's about conducting solid risk assessment right at the outset in terms of does this make business sense for us? What are the risks? How can we mitigate against them? And does it still make financial sense at the end of all of that for us to go forward and proceed? And if the answer to that is all of yes, then fantastic. You've done your risk assessment. You're then into having contracted, having to make sure that you're monitoring as you go. And if things are falling off the lines, then you need to remediate. There's no getting away from the fact that, that it's all about getting the contract right at the outset, about collaborating and communicating, and then about monitoring as you go along. And, and I guess it is about planning for what you might do if that situation that you really don't want to happen does occur and things go badly wrong for whatever reason. By going into it with your eyes open. If something does go wrong, what should they plan for? I think increasingly we have to plan for the worst and hope for the best. There is no such thing as 100% security. That's perfection, and as we all know, perfection doesn't exist and isn't likely to anytime soon. We have to plan on the basis that some things will go wrong. It's about really understanding, though, what we can live with going wrong as opposed to what we can't. And, and my advice would be that if, if when you've done your risk assessment, you've determined that actually, you know, the risk of something going badly wrong is just so great, then you probably need to pull back and say, hang on, could we do this in-house? 
Do we need to be using a third party? Is there a way we might be able to shorten our supply chain, get more control over what's going on, increase our monitoring, perhaps partner in terms of the way that we are getting this work done so that we've got some additional influence and monitoring capability? It's those sorts of things that organizations are increasingly looking at. And I think the other thing that I'm hearing too is there is an increased readiness on the part of organizations that have outsourced or are working with third parties to really review them on an annual basis. You know, it is about sitting down and saying, okay, how are you maintaining the integrity of our information? What security processes do you have in place? Are you and have you implemented those processes that we have asked for? And some organizations are coming up short in that, and, uh, and clearly that means that they need to address it. And if you've contracted on that basis and at the outset, you're in good shape to, uh, to have those remediation processes put in place and, and seen through. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. I've been speaking with Steve Durbin of the Information Security Forum for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.